Welcome to Talking New Energy, a podcast from Delta EE, the new energy experts. We'll be talking about how the energy transition is developing across Europe, with guests who are working at the leading edge of this transition. Hello and welcome to the episode. Today we're looking at the topic of local area energy planning and local infrastructure as we transition towards net zero. What will local infrastructure need to look like in terms of electricity, gas, hydrogen, heat distribution in the future? How do we plan for that? How are decisions made? So to help me explore this topic, I've got two guests with me today, uh, Andrew Conway, who's a principal analyst at Delta EE, and Matt Tindall from Wales and West Utilities. Uh, Matt's Head of Net Zero and Sustainability. Let's say hello and start unpicking this topic. Hello, Matt. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, John. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for joining. So, Matt, Wales and West, not all our listeners may know of Wales and West, but you distribute uh, gas in South Wales and the west of England. Um, In a nutshell, what does your job as Head of Net Zero and Sustainability entail? Well, I'm responsible for thinking about what the role of a gas distribution business um, like Wales and West is going to be um, in a future net zero energy system. So my team looks after our regional energy planning, working with uh, local regional um, bodies, thinking about the energy system of the future, what that's going to mean, working with stakeholders like major industry businesses um, across the areas that we serve thinking about what uh, their energy needs are going to be, how they interact with the network, either as users of or producers of energy, developing our evidence and approach around hydrogen and delivering projects, research and development, innovation, uh, which are going to move us forward and help define the role of hydrogen, the role of biomethane, uh, and ultimately the role of a gas network in the net zero system. Now, you've probably just answered the question I was going to ask in uh, the, the last things you said there. But uh, today you're distributing natural gas. Uh, your job title is head of net zero. I guess biomethane and hydrogen are two examples of gases you'll be distributing in the future, which will enable you to play a, a big role in us reaching net zero. That's the plan, exactly. We, we already distribute biomethane. We have 20 Uh, sites connected to our network in Wales and the southwest uh, of England. So that's transporting about enough gas for um, the average demand of 156,000 homes. But we have two and a half million customers connected to the network. So we've got a long way to go in terms of getting the volumes of green gas that we want to see um, in our network. And we think that that's going to take, yes, more biomethane building on what we have today. That, and that's also going to take a, a very significant role for uh, hydrogen across our network, um, starting probably with the big industrial users, um, the, the energy demands, which are very hard to find other solutions for, but also playing a role in heat, in transport, in power generation. Um, it, yeah, so, okay, we're, so we're not quite, we're a bit beyond the starting line today in your work with biomethane, but we're much nearer the starting line than we are the finishing line in terms of everything that's got to be done. I think that's a fair summary, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Andrew, uh, say hello to you now. Welcome to the episode. Hi there, John. Good to uh, good to speak to you. Thanks for joining. Um, 
Andrew, I'd like to ask you about the term local area energy planning. And that might be a new phrase to some of our listeners, or they might have a blurry concept of what this means. What, what exactly is it? And why is it a growing topic? And, and you're not allowed to answer the question just by saying it's planning energy on a local basis or anything like that. <laughs> yeah, okay, great. Um, so I guess in, in, the, in the broadest sense, when we talk about local energy planning, um, you know, it, this is uh, usually done by a, a local authority, some kind of local government, doesn't have to be. Um, but is uh, kind of looking at looking at the future energy needs of an area, um, and uh, kind of planning out what actions need to be taken to, to decarbonize. So that might include um, sort of the, the investment that that needs to be looked at in uh, in demand, but also in, in in generation as well. I think you know I I, I think about these as in, in the broadest sense, sort of local energy planning, but then there are some specific methodologies. So, John, you mentioned the local area energy planning, which which is a, a methodology that was developed by uh, Energy Systems Catapult um, that has a, a specific and a kind of detailed set of um, kind of steps uh, and, and methodologies around. But there are also kind of other methodologies. So in Scotland, there's a um, local heat uh, and energy efficiency strategy uh, that focuses on heat and energy efficiency, um, and there are, you know, there are there are other methodologies as well. So it's it, Andrew, is it returning? You know, if we wound back twenty years ago, energy would be planned at a national, at a macro level. You know, this area will build a gas network here. Will this area will be electric heating? Um, is it turning that on its head? Maybe that's a bit dramatic, but uh, allowing local authorities to take a far more active role in what makes sense in their area and doing it bottom up rather than top down or is that too sim- simplistic I, I, I think in a sense i mean maybe it's a it's a bit more um uh kind of strategic in the sense of these are usually done in the in the um kind of thinking about net zero and what does a what does a local area need to do to ensure that it is playing its role um in uh, in, in kind of you know meet, meeting the meeting the climate emergency, but I think you know this. You, you asked about why it's why it's such a big thing now, and I think um, you know it has been something that's been been building for for, for a long time. Um, you know the sort of I guess the the kind of green movement, the environmental movement, has been thinking about how to, how to decarbonize for for a long time through sort of community energy schemes. Um, in the UK, uh, the sort of transition town uh, movement started thinking about, okay, how do you plan uh, local local energy? But I think it's it's become a, a really significant thing most recently in the last kind of two to three years um, with both the sort of net zero legislation um, and a real sort of growing pressure and, and, and kind of political will at the local level to, to kind of take on that challenge and and and, and Kind of take responsibility. You know, you've got something like um, I think uh, at last count it was about eighty percent of um, local authorities in in the UK uh, declaring climate emergencies and beginning to set set targets, and then wanting presumably to do something about that to uh, yeah influence how energy yeah. is used, generated, distributed in their areas. Yeah, and and I think it's um, 
it, it's partly a, a kind of system needs uh, thing as well. You know, with the, the, there's talk around um, we're kind of moving into a next phase of decarbonizing the, the energy system. We, we've started to do, you know, well, whether it's the easy bits, I'm not sure, but rolling out large uh, kind of offshore, onshore wind uh, generation infrastructure. And now we're kind of moving to a phase where actually there's a lot of low carbon technology that needs to go in people's homes or people need to be engaging with the energy system and being flexible or there's a kind of local infrastructure that that's needed to be built and people need to engage with such as um, heat networks and i think these things kind of coming together um mean that actually there's a real need as well to to engage people at a local level and coordinate um the investment that that that's needed there matt how, how do you see it from your side are you getting are you do you see many local authorities, towns, cities coming to you or asking for your input or what role, you know, how, how have you seen things change over the last years at Wales and West in this area? Very much um, see that that interest and that pressure from local authorities to, um, for us as a local gas distribution network to help them understand the options and the, the trade-offs um, within, within areas. I think it's fair to say um there's a bit of variability still in the um, capacity of local authorities to really engage with with energy system questions, but it's but the trend is very much towards um, more interest in in shaping what that's going to look like for um, communities that they serve and having a stronger role in in decision making, and that's posing some really um, interesting and um, thorny questions from a. Uh, a national regulatory point of view, because our regulatory systems tend to assume that energy planning is done on a more national um, sort of level. And I, I think there's a bit of a journey for um, the network industry and the energy sector in general to go on to um, work out what the right sort of balance of national and local decision making uh, needs to be to deliver net zero um, and how we can meet the sort of level of ambition which Andrew has just described that uh, that a lot of local authorities uh, have. So, I, but I absolutely see the the enthusiasm, the keenness to um, help shape that future coming from um, coming from from local areas and uh, and local politicians. So we had one podcast with uh, Bristol City Council talking about their ambitions a while back and the work they're doing, this public-private partnership that they're developing to help decarbonise the, the city of Bristol. What, Matt, what would your role be in a project like that, be it Bristol or any of the other towns or, or cities in your your region? What sort of questions are you getting or what sort of dialogue are you having? Can you bring it to life a bit and yeah. uh, give us an example or two? Yeah, for sure. Well, picking up directly on the example of Bristol, um, within the, the work that the city council's doing um, to look at and um, deliver the, the, the transition to net zero, we've um, been using a tool that we developed um, over the past sort of five years called Pathfinder, um, which is a uh, an, an energy system model. Um, it can look at a national energy system. It can look at um, an energy system down to sort of individual house or um, a small area. And the purpose of uh, of that tool is to see what the kind of real impact would be of um, 
some different scenarios that you'd plan around um, use of technology in the home, use of different generation technology, uh, and what that does to the system as a whole, looking at a local area, but in the context of, um, of a national system. So we've been supporting um, that work by using the tool to um, look at the, the impact of different interventions that you might make and how big a um, difference they make from an uh, overall emission sort of perspective. And more generally, um, across the areas that, that we serve, I think you know, the question we, uh, we increasingly get around hydrogen is you know, how quickly are we going to be able to develop the, the, the projects, the um, collaborations that actually make uh, either blended or, or dedicated hydrogen an option for, um, for, for the areas that we serve. Yeah, okay. And I can imagine, uh, yeah, when will I have, will I have hydrogen in my area? When will I have it? Will it be an option to decarbonize these particular industries? Um, you can't give a definitive answer to that, can you? But I guess that's, uh, that's part of the discussion that, that will take us towards answer. You know, that that's a journey towards answering those questions. I, I do wish my crystal ball was a, was a little uh, uh, more reliable, but yeah, it, it, it is it's how we move that forward. And a lot of that is around developing the right sort of collaborations. We're a gas distribution network. We, we own and operate um, pipes to manage that transition. We're going to need to work with the local areas, people who, um, who live there from a domestic perspective, the businesses, the industry, transport operators, but also crucially, we're, we're going to need um, the, producers of hydrogen um, and a massive scale up, of course, in, in low carbon hydrogen production and you know, government policy from a national perspective is uh, is very much encouraging that, but we are um, at the early days. So it's finding those, um, those clusters, finding those early sort of customers, but starting to think from an infrastructure perspective beyond just those first um, produ- production and use projects and how we're actually going to scale that to an extent that it can uh, meet the ambition that local areas have um, and that we have for the uh, for the gas network. I want to pick up on this word collaboration. I think you, you mentioned it, Matt, and Andrew, you mentioned it as well. Um, if we've got more and more interactions between hydrogen and electricity, gas and electricity, we've got local areas, local authorities, cities, taking an active role we've got planning done at a national level as level as well it strikes me we're going to need much much more collaboration between more people more organizations than we have in the past and andrew you used to work at the the regulator uh off gym is it is it the regulator's job to fr- set the framework for that collaboration or is it anyone's job to set a framework for that collaboration rather than it be a messy free-for-all yeah it's a it's a good question um i think that the regulator certainly has a has a role in that um and they uh you know that they're, they're undertaking work at the moment they published a, a call for input on the the role uh of, of local uh local energy and local institutions uh that was earlier this year um, just after easter um and are you know continuing to look at that but obviously you know um national government has a has a has a big role um in that as well i think um you know what 
um, Matt picked up on one of one of the challenges at the moment um, that uh, local authorities maybe don't quite have the resource at the moment. Um, they certainly don't have a mandate to um, do sort of local energy planning. Um, well, e- easy to set a target, easy to declare climate an emergency, but hard then to follow that, that up. That, that's right, and and I think you know we we see um, you know a range of uh, you know, some some local authorities, uh, especially sort of combined authorities. So, so, so Greater Manchester um, is, you know, the, the example I always come back to because they're, they're, they're doing a really good job. Uh, but there are others, you know, West Midlands, um, GLA, uh, sorry, that's uh, Greater London uh, Authority. Uh, they, um, you know, they, they have had they have had funding uh, from from central government uh, to, to do some of this. Uh, and have really taken it on themselves uh, to 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 kind of push this push this forward, um, and are are they themselves playing a kind of coordinating role across some of the the districts in uh, in, in Greater Manchester, um, but also um, at a, they're at a scale where they can coordinate effectively with their um, local uh, sort of electricity and, and gas network operators. Yeah. So I think there's a there's a sort of collaboration role across, you know, local government, network companies, um, you know, national, but also a, um, there's a there's a sort of a, a geographical scale element to this as well. Yeah. Um, okay, so that coordination role is really critical, and if local governments at the sufficient scale, it can potentially play that coordination role. Yeah. Um, can it make? Can it? Can it take decisions? Do you think, Andrew? Can it? Is it up to Man, the Manchester Authority, for example, to to make a decision about? Okay, well, this area is where we're going to, you know, we want this area to be supplied by hydrogen, or this area will be an all electric area. So I I think this is a really challenging part of this, um, and I think this is something that uh, you know government and and the regulator need to sort of. Take, take hold of uh, and 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 be able to sort of lay out the framework for how how some of the decision making will work. So another point up that that Matt sort of mentioned about this local national, um, you know, where is the decision making? It's quite a thorny <laughs> say. It's quite a thorny issue. Um, what happens if um, you know a, one region for whatever reason decides they they do want hydrogen or they don't want hydrogen? How does that influence the, the the kind of national level infrastructure planning? So I think there are it may be a case that some decisions at some level are uh, kind of uh, are kind of pushed down the the scale, so it's it's more local. Uh, but then some you know some decisions may may need to be made at a more sort of regional or national level, uh, depending on. What what kind of decision and, and and the infrastructure needs that are that are involved? I guess for for different decisions will be best to be made at different levels. It depends who's got the best view to make the optimum decision. Yeah, I think, I think that's um, I think that's right. I think just just one other thing to to add maybe on on the collaboration. We often talk about you know um, sort of the, the national to local level or. A local government and, and and networks, especially when we talk about planning, they're probably the key uh, actors involved in the planning stage. But you know, we've got to implement this at some point. You know, there's no use in having a, a good plan without without implementing it. 
um, you know, on the network side, that that will be the you know the network companies, but there's also you know the private private sector, and I think you know we sort of mentioned the the um, Bristol City Leap, but I think you know really this is a massive opportunity for the the private sector. Um, just just to give you a couple of numbers, so the uh, I think it's UK 100 have said um, about 100 billion pounds uh, worth of investment could be delivered by 2030 in in kind of local uh, local decarbonisation infrastructure. I've seen some some other you know similar numbers. UKRI I think they put it at about 50 billion by by 2030. Now obviously you know that builds as we as we go past that that 2030 date to get to the to net zero, but this you know this is a, a really big opportunity for private sector involvement and i think the delivery aspect of this has to be that that uh, coordination collaboration between local government and and the um and the private sector just building on that a bit and i completely agree with um with andrew's point i think we're, what we're going to need to see from um regulation as we uh, develop this a bit further and to, to really embrace local area planning is a little bit of acceptance that we're not always going to get things right. And, and Andrew's point that we um, we need to get some of this moving. It's it's not just about coming up with better and better sort of plans on, on paper. It needs to be um, about delivery. Um, can only work if we accept that there are some potential trade-offs around the local and the national or um, around the sort of investments that, that we need to make that we're probably going to look back on with hindsight and and say are wrong but we need to make sure that we get those early projects delivered so that we can uh, start to see what what does work um, in different areas and and start to meet some of that ambition and if you look at the heat challenge uh, alone we've got about 28 million homes in the UK most of which are going to need some form of of intervention or change uh, to meet net zero a lot of them quite substantial intervention potentially we've got less than 28 years to deliver that so the the scale of the challenge um is absolutely enormous and we'll we'll only get there if we start taking some of those uh, those early moves and those early moves matt could that be for example the hydrogen cluster you've talked about about moving forward with that maybe ahead of having every definitive bit of evidence as to whether that's the right thing to do? I think we're going to need to move forward with those major projects, absolutely. We won't necessarily know exactly how big the role for hydrogen in heat or hydrogen in transport will be, but all of the evidence, Committee on Climate Change reports, the um, the government uh, reports say that hydrogen has a enormous role to play in a net zero energy system because of its storability because um of the 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 need to meet um quite substantial peaks in in demand so i think we can make those kind of decisions in a relatively low regrets way as long as we're thinking about the system as an integrated system and not just about individual producers individual users um we won't we won't get it exactly right when we're doing everything on on paper but if we can see a big enough role, we should be able to uh, to move forward with those those investments. Um, and we think in the area that we serve that core industrial clusters uh, are a, a, a good way forward in that. So 
we work with the South Wales uh, industrial cluster with major industry across um, across there. We've launched an organisation this year called Hydrogen Southwest, which is looking um, at the, the the Greater Bristol area and the wider Southwest and opportunities, um, particularly in the the aerospace industry there, as uh, potential first movers with hydrogen. And of course, we work with the other gas networks um, in the UK, including the the high net cluster, which is in the northwest of England, but also potentially feeds uh, North Wales as as well. So that those are those are good prospects. Um, but we also need to remember there are local areas, there are um, authorities and, and communities who are not necessarily connected to those clusters who are keen to move on um, on to net zero solutions as well. So um, without the Lots answer, to do. without the answer being we need to do everything, we uh, yeah. kind of do. Well, I was thinking about the term local area planning or local area energy planning, maybe actually... <laughs> We need as much emphasis on local area, local area delivery or local area energy delivery. <laughs> we could plan to the cows come home, but let's start area. delivery. Local area action. Yeah, yeah. Um, as a gas distribution company, Matt, how do you do you try and be independent, or can you be independent, or is it your role to be perceived as independent if local authorities are coming to you because do you ever get an element of, well, you would say hydrogen is the answer, or do you think you can be a trusted partner, or is it a case of Wales and West and the local electricity distribution companies working in combination to be trusted partners? I think we do need to work with uh, with with the local electricity distributors. Um, and is other... that happening already? It's starting to happen, um, and we've had some some good collaboration around um, around projects. We've looked at hybrid heating solutions alongside um, electricity companies. We've um, de- started to deliver um, other projects in that kind of space. Um, I think there are some there remain some challenges to taking that collaboration to its sort of fullest role. So, one is the um, lack of alignment between the um, price control processes for our um, our gas and electricity companies. Um, yeah. So the, the UK gas price control is two years ahead of the um, UK electricity distribution uh, price control, which means the planning happens in, um, in different phases. And when we're looking at um, whole systems and sort of um, local energy institution, um, consultation which Andrew mentioned earlier uh, I'm not sure we're getting the breadth of whole system thinking um, quite right at the moment to really um, sort of encourage understanding of the potential options and um, and trade-offs between um, gas and, and electricity planning um, but I think we I think we should be seen as as trusted partners we're clearly going to come with a view and a uh, an approach around how we can best use our infrastructure um, to to deliver net zero. Um, but if we get those kind of institutional and regulatory questions right, I think we can bring a lot of sort of understanding about the trade offs, the 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 impact of, uh, of peak demands, the the way in which customers use energy from our system uh, at the moment. I think if if I can just sort of add a view 
there as well. I think it's, a, I mean, I think it's a really good question about, um, you know, not just the gas networks, also the electricity networks, um, how they can engage with this in a way where there aren't the sort of perceived or real sort of conflicts of interest uh, in, their, in their engagement. Um, that they clearly have to be involved. They have a lot of the the information, the expertise, um, the, the 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 knowledge, and I think a lot of really good people there who really want to, um, you know, act, act, actually make this work. Um, but you know, the, the issue still exists, and I think it it really uh, underlines for me that the kind of need for um, uh, the, the 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 kind of accountability mandates. Uh, and, and funding really to kind of be um, be there uh, for um, a kind of uh, potentially a, 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 a local government or somebody that is uh, publicly owned or, or has strong representation from from local government um, to ensure you know and, and and for that to be well funded um, to to ensure that it can kind of deal with those uh, conflicts so. Yeah, so it can't just be a side job of someone in local government. It's got to be, it's a really big role. Exactly, yeah. Um, Time's getting the better of us. Um, I'm convinced sometimes time goes at double speed on the podcast as we're recording it. Uh, So (laughs) let's bring up the Talking New Energy crystal ball now. And I'm going to set the dial this week to 2030. And Andrew and Matt, the, the question I'd like to ask is, how will we be making decisions in 2030 around local energy infrastructure? And you can answer that in whatever way you want. Maybe I hope that we'll be doing it in this way or um, that the the reality that things may take more time than, than we think they will. So, yeah, Matt, do you want to go first and then Andrew about how we'll be making local energy infrastructure decisions in 2030? I'll try and take an optimistic but pragmatic uh, approach, John. And I, I think um, the two big things for me would be: I hope that by twenty thirty, we have clear mechanisms through which um, devolved regional and local uh, administrations' views, ambitions, um, delivery um, of of energy infrastructure can be taken into account of in our national regulation um, so that the the regulators are uh, able to um, point to clear evidence within a framework that then justifies decisions uh, made around the system and that we as a network are able to uh, plan within those those clear um, sort of frameworks and bring um, evidence from the, the areas that we serve into that to the national discussion that will help I think everyone understand the uh, the trade-offs involved and the the opportunity yeah. and um, I also hope that we will genuinely be thinking about the system as a whole because the challenges around heat around industry around transport electricity generation and and, and maintaining security of supply across all of those, um, are so interconnected that the answers yeah. need to be uh, need to be interconnected as as well. And I don't think we're I think we've got a journey to go, but I think by twenty thirty, um, I hope we'll be be making decisions much more on that basis. Okay, so so one point on the regulation of energy distribution and networks will always be regulated, but having a really clear mechanism and process for those local decisions to feed into that. 
Exactly. And secondly, it's not about local or national, of course. It's about balancing the two uh, on a whole system approach. Exactly. Um, Andrew, how about you? Your 2030, 2030 answer to the crystal ball question. <laughs> I, I'd, I'd, I'd agree with um, much of that, actually, what, what Matt just said. Um, just maybe maybe to build on it, I think um, you know we need to see sort of detailed um, planning across you know the whole of the the UK or what, whatever region you're, you're you're thinking about, and not just a sort of patchwork um, that that we have at the moment. It needs to be coordinated across the local sort of regional and and national um, levels, so that you get that kind of whole system uh, uh, built up kind of kind of view. I think it, it it needs really strong sort of democratic engagement and public engagement. I think local government taking on a leadership role is great. I, I would actually like to see more um, direct engagement with uh, with local populations through things like climate assemblies um, uh, or other kind of participatory sort of measures. Um, because there are some big trade-offs that we, we have to make and they're not just economic. So these things that aren't necessarily done to people, but mm-hmm. or people don't feel they're done to them. They feel they have a voice and, and do have a voice. People need to be bought into the, the process. Yeah. And and I think what we need is a is is a is a um a framework that's set out by by Bayes uh, and Ofgem that, that kind of really gives a kind of clear accountability um and clarity of roles across um, different institutions. There may need to be more new, new institutions set up uh, and, and, and proper funding um, for, um, uh, for those institutions to, to do it. And I think just in terms of like what the, what the prize is here, um, you know, that framework really needs to be focused on unlocking the investment that's needed in the energy system broadly, but also in, in the networks, you know, we need that sort of strategic level investment that, that's coordinated with the energy system. And I think, you know, I, I think this is critical to meeting net zero um, and certainly critical to meeting net zero at, at, at the kind of lowest cost or an affordable cost. Um, so I think it's, you know, I think it's a really important uh, aspect of, um, you know, thinking about the energy system here. So we've got to get a move on. Um, well, uh, I just noted down some points of what you're saying, Andrew. A framework, coordinated uh, coordination or funded coordination, and and democratic. And if we can do that in a way that uh, gives the private sector confidence to invest. Mm-hmm. So we better leave it there. Matt, thanks very much for joining and uh, giving us your views today. Pleasure. Thank you. Uh, Andrew, likewise, thanks for your contributions. Great. Thanks a lot. And thanks to everyone for listening. This is, I think, a topic that's at different stages in different countries. Uh, We looked at the UK today, relatively advanced. Netherlands is also quite far forward with this. But I think all across Europe, coordinating local energy infrastructure is going to become a bigger and bigger topic. And one we'll be coming back to in the podcast for sure. So uh, thanks, everyone, for listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and learned some new perspectives and look forward to welcoming you back next week. Thanks and goodbye. If you're as passionate about the energy transition as we are, then please keep in touch. You can follow us and me on Twitter, LinkedIn, or subscribe to the podcasts on your chosen podcast platform. 
If you like the podcast and like sharing, then please do rate us. And to listen to archived episodes, to read transcripts, and to see the latest Delta EE insights, then please visit www.delta-ee.com. Thank you.